Good morning, good morning. How are we doing? Fine, beautiful Sunday morning. We hope you had a great weekend, great Shabbos. And there is just too much to discuss this morning. I am your host. This is the Morning Mix. The Morning Mix. I'm your host, Ellie Shapiro. And, you know, you, uh, you plan to talk about one thing, and of course, of course, there's just, there's just so many things rolling at the same time. So many things, so many things rolling at the same time. You have to, you have to change course. So while this morning's plan was to talk about a number of other headlines, over the last uh, few days, there's been a, a developing story, a developing story concerning something called GameStop. Now, this we are we are broadcasting from Sunday, and Sunday is four days into this. This thing started uh, on Wednesday or so. I actually wanted to maybe touch 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 base discuss it on Thursday, but I wasn't prepared to push off Thursday's topic. So we're talking about it today, and, and actually there have been so many developments. There have been so many developments since then. Since then, that I. I'm I'm rather uh, appreciative that I didn't discuss it then. What what first what first grabbed my attention about this was Elon Musk's tweet about it. Of course, we know that I I'm very fond recently of Elon Musk and his tweeting, especially about about uh, when he sees a so a, a, a social or a, a, a cultural issue. So he really, I think it was, I think, I don't know if it was the tweet that he wrote, it was maybe it was hashtag Wall Street Bets or, or GameStonk, whatever it was. I'm trying to, trying to find it now all of a sudden. But he really, uh, he, he made a comment about it and that, and obviously that sent the numbers even higher. So we're going to give a little bit of a background exactly what happened. That's the first thing we're going to do. And we actually have a little bit of a different take on, 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 um, on it. Maybe maybe it's not different than other things you've heard, but but it's it's I've listened to a number of different pundits out there, and they've it's it's an interesting thing. You have each one going into their corner, each one each one really really showing exactly who they are and how they describe this specific uh, this specific scenario, the specific situation. Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen is is all, is the current Treasury Secretary. And so, and so, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak about her as well because, you know, we want to discuss the different, the different picks of the new administration. We're going to discuss different picks of the new administration. So she is the new secretary, she's the new, um, treasury secretary. And so we're going to discuss a little bit about her. Before that, before that, I want to, I want to give a very brief introduction, explanation as to what exactly what exactly this word we've heard so much about is called short selling. What exactly is it? What is short selling? So normally the idea of a stock that everybody everybody knows about is you buy low and you sell high. That is a stock. You buy a stock at one dollar, and if it goes to five dollars, then you've you know you've made a very nice profit. If you have many of those stock, then you've you can multiply that by your your profit of four dollars each stock, etc. You can do the math. What is short selling? So short selling actually is not buying any stock. Rather, you are borrowing a stock. Now, you're borrowing 
you're essentially banking on the price of that stock dropping. There are many implications of this stock dropping. Okay, whenever a, whenever a stock drops, people lose lots of money. Now, sometimes that's just part of the market. Obviously, there's risk with every business venture. You know, there's risk. If you buy 100 of this stock at six at $5 and then it goes to $4, well, you've lost $100. If it goes to $6, you've gained $100. So there's always there's always risk. People do lose when stocks go down. The investors lose. The company itself loses. It's not as though it's just you know it's a, if somebody gains, somebody loses. There is an element of a zero sum game in that. If somebody gains, if somebody gains, somebody loses. So when they are banking on the stock, on the stock. Uh, decreasing in value they're actually banking on people losing now on a moral level that's a conversation that can be had ethically halakhically there's a there's a there's a piece from uh, tradition magazine in march of 2010 that really discusses this on a, on a halakhic um, uh, perspective and maybe we'll get into that at a different time not today but that's not the, the question here the question is not whether or not this is this is this is permissible legally. Legally, there are no regulations forbidding this, at least not in the way that we're describing it. There might be there might be some rules on on the books, but currently it's 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 mostly unregulated. So the person you borrowed the stock from, whether or not it's an individual or whether or not it's you know it's a it's a firm, however that works exactly, it's not it's not the point. The person you borrow the stock from, he's still getting the same paper that he lent you because he's only get because he lent you the stock, the stock itself. So if you buy it for, if you borrow it at $10 and it goes down to $5 so that you've now returned to him the exact same stock that you borrowed, but you've bought it at $5 so you've been able to pocket that $5 difference. If however the price goes up, the borrower, the borrower is then obligated to buy back the stock in order to return it by the date he's promised. You see, it's not an end, it's not, it's not indefinite. There's a date that they have to return it by in order to, in order to, uh, make this contract. So let's say that you have to return it. They borrow, they borrow the stock at 8 a, at 9 a.m. on Monday. They have to return it by 12 p.m. on Tuesday. I'm just throwing out dates. Every day, every, every contract might be different. But the point is, is that if by Tuesday at 12 it's gone up, they then have to buy the stock at the price that it's valued at Tuesday at 12 o'clock in order to be able to return the borrowed stock. And now, now, one of the, one of the, uh, inevitabilities of this is that if you have sufficient buying power, you can short the price just by betting against it, which these hedge funds have. So you have all these people who have banded together, which again, that itself could be illegal. The fact that they, that they have colluded with one another to do this, that itself could be illegal. But we're not getting into that. The fact is, is that, is that just, just by their purchase, by their betting against the stock, it could, it could drive the stock down. So it could become, in essence, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? That, that they're causing, they're causing it to go down. They are causing it so that then they get, they, they're able to profit off of that short, which is planned. That is exactly what they try to do. And they've been doing this Forever. They know that they can manipulate it. 
what happens sometimes is that what is that there's something called a stop loss when a person has a has a has a stock at five dollars he has a stop loss at four dollars he doesn't want you know he's not monitoring the stock every five seconds so he doesn't want it to lose money he doesn't want to lose beyond a certain amount so he's willing to lose x amount on the potential that he can gain x amount so he puts a stop loss which will trigger the stock to be sold once it hits a certain number in order to preserve his capital so there are all sorts of 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 details here that 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 that, that are triggered that, that that happen, you know once once the person once the once these groups together band together to to short this stock. Now, something called a short squeeze. Okay, as the price goes up, the they buy in order to minimize their losses. So these are all different components that happened in in during this saga. You have. These these hedge fund owners. We're going to get into exactly what happened here, but you have the people who initially planned to short the to short the stock. They then had to buy the stock in order to, in essence, stop the hemorrhaging of the law of their losses. They were they were losing more and more and more money, and and so if they buy it at let's say let's say it's they bought it at five they they let's say they borrowed it at five at at, at uh, ten dollars and it went up to a hundred dollars. So now they've lost ninety dollars on every single stock that they bought. You should know that. Okay, we'll, we'll put that aside. So, so the this is you know we don't we don't want to lose lose top, lose 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 uh, we don't want to lose focus here. So, when they as the price goes up, they were buying the stock so that they could ultimately sell it. At least that they're going to also make some money off of what's going on. So they don't actually own the stock initially, or it was initially borrowed. They then buy now so that it goes up, right? So what happens when they buy, when they pump more money into this stock, they ultimately, they ultimately, this is, this is, this is called the, the ultimate paradox. By them draw, by them buying the stock in order to, which, which is what's called the short squeeze, the price then goes up and exasperating their losses on the short sell because their short sell, their short sell has now backfired and it's backfiring more and more minute by minute. And the more that they're buying in order to, in order to, to stop the bleeding of their losses, the more that they are, the more that they're losing. Okay, so that is that is the background. That is the background for what happened. So, in our scenario specifically, that we're going to discuss, that we're going to discuss, a group on on, on on a message board called Reddit, they realized that there were hedge funds. Now, hedge funds are people. Who run major, um, major, uh, uh, large, large investment portfolios, let's say. And, and they were shorting these stocks. Okay. They, they basically saw that these stocks didn't have very much life left. Okay. Now, a number of these companies still have cash. So that plays a major role in, 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 in how long they're able to continue to survive. So even though, even though they might have a very bleak future, which is why they're they're able to bet against the stock's future. But the fact is, is if they still, if they still have money, so they're not out. As long as they have money in their bank, they're not gone. They can continue to ride this out, and who knows what could happen, right? There's also things that can happen. the The fact is, is you had a number of people, regular, common man, regular common man, and they saw that these hedge funds were shorting these stocks. So they said, hey, why don't we turn the tables? Well, you know what they're doing? 
They didn't. They didn't. They don't have. They don't have the monopoly on this game. Why can't we do the same thing? So in essence, what they did was they decided to buy this stock, and they decided to short this stock. Excuse me. They decided to short this stock, doing the exact same thing, where they were basically borrowing the stock at at X price. Excuse me. No, they decided to buy. Excuse me. They decided to buy this stock. Okay. And it, it, it drove the price up. It drove the price up. And I think that's what happened, yeah? And then, and then, and then, and people made a lot of money. People made a lot of money on this. Okay? Now, obviously, some people are going to lose because if the value of the company isn't what they're buying it at and they're just riding this wave, somebody loses. Okay. That's life. You go into it with a lot of risk. You know, you know, you might lose. Okay. Y- you learn. That's that we can put that aside. That's the market. That's the market. But what what happened here was that the hedge funds, as we said before, because they had shorted it, they were losing billions. It was estimated they'd already lost five billion dollars as of Thursday. Five billion dollars. It's a lot of money. They were they were they were borrowing money. Some hedge funds have to borrow money in order to be able to buy this stock back. It was it was it was chaos. Now I want to bring you I want to bring you. I hope. I hope. I hope that that was clear. I hope that was clear. I want to bring you to to a market manipulation. Okay, we're not going to get into this now. We can have this out in a private conversation. The I want to bring you to a clip from an oldie. I don't know if anyone's seen it. It's from, I think, from 1984 or so. There's a movie called Trading Places. Dan Aykroyd, number of major, major. Oh, no, 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 no. A number of, uh, uh, of, of old, old time actors. I'm going to play it. I want to play it because it is a great, it, it is, it, we, the point of bringing this up isn't just for the, the comedic element. It's because, again, at one point, at one point, the Hollywood actually uh, portrayed these types of people in a very, very negative light. That's the point. The reason I bring this up is not is not is not for the clip. Is because Hollywood used to trade used used to Hollywood used to um, portray these people. In a very, very negative light. You had the Duke brothers. The background of, the, of this this clip is you have to something called the, this movie is the Duke brothers. These two brothers, and and they were two millionaire megalomaniacs, and they make a bet, which in essence is nature versus nurture. They had their employee Winthorpe, who is a very promising employee. He was uh, raised with all the the features of 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 of, uh, of success, and they had Valentine, who was this. Uh, low-level criminal. And they basically decided to switch their lives. They framed Winthorpe for a for a crime that he never committed, wanting to see if maybe he was going to he was going to uh respond with by you know through crime. That was the idea. And at the same time they were going to try to put Valentine in his place to see if whether or not he could become Winthorpe 
just by just because he was just because he was uh, put there artificially. So it's nature versus nurture. That's the idea. So I'm going to play this clip quickly because I think it's a I think it's a great it's a great little lesson here. I've won the bet. Here, one dollar. <laughs> we took a perfectly useless psychopath like Valentine and turned him into a successful executive. And during the same time, we turned an honest, hard-working man into a violently deranged, would-be killer. <laughs> now, what are we going to do about taking Winthorpe back and returning Valentine to the ghetto? I don't want Winthorpe back after what he's done. You mean keep Valentine on? Okay, so that's it. That's it. That's the that's the first clip. So here's that was the background. What that's what they did. So they took one person out and they put another person in, and all for one dollar. It's an amazing uh, premise. One dollar. That was their final, their final, uh, that was their wager. Their wager was one dollar. Not even crisp. Not even a crisp dollar bill. One dollar. And of course, the, the theme, the, 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 uh, the movie, what happens is, is you have Winthorpe and Valentine, played by Ackroyd and, and, and Murphy, it's irrelevant who their actors are, actors are, but they, realize what happened at some point in the middle and they decide that they are going to turn the tables they're going to turn the tables okay so you have you have in the in the, in the final scene you have in the final scene it everything plays out i'm going to just explain this very briefly just just because just because it it um I, I, I think that there, there that there might be some people who had who had seen it and never really understood it. So I want to just explain it quickly. What happened there? What happened? How did Winthorpe and and Valentine um, play um, play the Duke brothers? So you have something called futures, and it's very connected because it's, it's it's very similar. It's very similar to what happened here. That's the point. Okay, so this is tale as old as time. This sort of thing is a common occurrence. The difference is. Is that when the people at the top do it, no one's bothered. Who suffers? People lose their homes. They lose their jobs. They lose their savings. They lose everything. But that's okay. That's okay. So I'm just going to just briefly explain this. Just briefly explain this because I think I think there's a value. So you have OJ futures. Futures are it's a contract to buy or sell X, which is orange juice in this scenario. This commodity called orange juice. For Y price in the future. So there are every contract is 15,000 pounds of frozen concentrated OJ. Okay, so it's called FCOJ, frozen concentrated OJ. Farmer, the, the idea is, is that you know, the farmer has 15,000 pounds of oranges. He's worried that by harvest, the price will drop. 
So he wants a guaranteed price for the oranges. So you are not willing to take because he's not willing to take the risk that they'll be worth more potentially at harvest. Instead, he'll take whatever price he can get that's reasonable now, guarantee that it's worth was worth the 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 plant and 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 all the different processes involved, processes involved, and then it's and 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 he's happy. Likewise, the OJ manufacturer is worried that the price will rise by the time of crops are ready because if there's if there's a shortage. And he's, you know, based on supply and demand, the simple market factors, he could potentially pay a lot more money. So he's also willing to pay now a reasonable price to guarantee the price is not subject to fluctuation. That's the background of a future. Very simple. If by harvest time the value has increased, the manufacturer gains the difference. If by harvest time the value has decreased, the the farmer gains the difference. I'll say it again. If by harvest time the value has increased, the manufacturer gains the difference. If by harvest time the value has decreased, the farmer gains the difference. This deal is handed by commodities traders, or as Eddie Murphy puts it, bookies. That's what they are. They're middlemen. The traders have no intention of picking up any oranges, but they are trading these contracts with other traders, hoping that when they make a futures contract as buyer, they will go up by the time they make another futures contract as a seller, and they can then pocket the difference. So they're they're betting on, on, on futures. Okay. Orange juice here is just an example, right? There are many different types of commodities. Oil, gas, wheat, corn, gold. There's many different types of commodities. So traders are essentially passing fake oranges all the way from one side of the chain to the other, hoping to make a profit along the way before they get cashed in for real oranges. So the Dukes, now getting back to this, the premise of this, of this, of this movie, the Dukes had paid someone to get the government orange crop detailing that the weather hadn't been good to the oranges. Now, if the weather is poor, and that means that that affected the crop, that the value of the oranges are going to be high come harvest. You know, in reality, it was just the opposite. They had forged because they, they just the premise here was that they that these two characters, the boys, as we'll call them, the boys figured it all out. They got the original crop report. They then gave a fraudulent crop report to the Dukes brothers. The Dukes brothers acted and it was just the opposite of the crop report. The crop report ended up being announced as we'll see and and it was just the opposite. So in reality, it was just the opposite. When they buy a high, they're really going to be losing a lot of money. So they tell their guy on the floor to buy, buy, buy. That's the plan. Buy, buy, buy. They're not worried because they think that the price is going to be very high since they have a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, a deficiency in the market of oranges. And when they sell, they're going to have lots of contracts, so they'll be able to sell for as much as they want. This is exactly, and this is this this is what happened with GameStop. As soon as the traders see the Dukes buying, because they notice that, this, that his guy kept on buying, 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 everybody assumes that he knows something. What happens now? The price of the oranges goes sky high. It went up to one hundred and forty-two cents per pound. And at that moment, the boys come in and they start selling short. They start selling short. So they are, they're, they're shorting the stock. So they're now selling for the, in the future. But everyone in the room thinks the price is still going to be going up. So they keep on buying. Now the boys don't have any fake oranges, obviously. All they have is an IOU. They have the IOU at the contract when they started buying was somewhere between, uh, 102 and 142 cents, I think. So they have all these contracts for 140, let's call it 142 cents per pound of oranges. Now they don't have any oranges. Now once the crop, once the crop, now the, the, the price does stabilize a drop 
once they start shorting, but it doesn't matter. Once the crop announcement has been made, once the crop announcement has been made, the crop report has been announced, everyone realizes that the winter didn't affect the crop. And they start trying to sell, sell, sell. The price goes down to 29 cents. Okay, they're trying to sell at all costs. It goes down to 46 cents, but by the time that the, once, once it's going down, it, go, it hits 29 cents, and then the boys start buying. So now they have, again, this is the background, they have all the contracts that they need at 29 to 46 cents to fulfill all the contracts that they committed to between 102 and 146 cents, 142 cents. That's the background. Okay, if it wasn't clear, you can try to explain it another time, but that's the background. So again, they had bought everything at 142, approximately 102 or 142, and then they 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 had so they had sold their contracts between 102 and 142, and then they bought their own contracts between 40, 29 to 46 cents. So they made at a minimum, yeah, just yeah, approximately 25 million dollars. That was their grand scheme, and the Dukes now have two things. They have either millions of oranges, which they have nothing to do with, or they have millions of pounds that they can sell in contracts, which ultimately equaled $394 million. Okay? $394 million, which $394 million in those days would be about a billion dollars today, which is an interesting thing. You know, many, many, many companies do have a billion dollars. I think I think uh, Berkshire Hathaway has $147 billion in in its uh, in cash reserves, just in its bank account. And we said there are a lot of companies out there. The reason why the GameStop is worth money, even though its future is bleak, is because it does have it does have uh, so much so much money in, in cash. But it's an interesting thing that just as far as this movie is concerned, they lost everything. And that was the and that brings us up to their to their final, basically the final scene, not the final scene, but whatever the, for the for our for our purposes, it's the final scene where um, this bet. Is discovered. One second here. This bet is discovered, and they realize, and they realize, oh, that's why. Valentine. Hey, how'd you make out today? How could you do this to us after everything we've done for you? Oh, see, I made Lewis a bet here. You Lewis bet me that we couldn't both get rich and put you on the poorhouse at the same time. You didn't think we could do it. I won. I lost. One dollar. Thank you, Lewis. After you. Certainly. Okay, very good. And that was the end of that. That was the end of that. After you. <laughs> so, so, there, like I said, there are, there are, there are many different factors. And I, and I, I bring this up because in 1984, Hollywood portrayed these Duke brothers as a very, very evil group. I mean, think about what they were doing. They absolutely ruined the life 
of Winthorpe. And, and, and they were just about to throw Valentine off to the wolves. I mean, I didn't play the clip because it had a word that I wouldn't let on the, on uh, us to hear, but it wasn't very bad. It just wasn't a word that I'd want. So the, the point is, is that they, they, this, the way they just despised him. They didn't want him. He was a, he, he wasn't going to be keeping over, keep, keeping the family business, the Duke brothers business. So they were going to just dispose of him. These are people, these were greedy capitalists. Completely willing, completely willing to force, to, 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 to bankrupt many people. But they were going to make a lot of money. They were going to make a lot of money. So it was all worth it. And they were portrayed as evil. Now let's, 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 let's take that to, to our current scenario here. The, the left has been using a term. I want to play before, you know, before we do that, I want to play this clip here. This clip here. Because the, the, what's her name? Um, the, uh, secretary, uh, the, the press secretary, Jen Psaki, she was asked, should I play this now? Yeah, I guess we'll play this now. She was asked about, she was asked about, um, about, What's going on and what the, what the, what the press, what the, what the new administration plans to do. And I mean, her answer is embarrassing. Personally, I think her answer is embarrassing. I'm going to let her speak for herself. Here, listen to this. This is the reporter. Because the reporter herself. I was concerned about the stock market activity we're seeing around GameStop. Um, and now with some other stocks as well, uh, including the, subsidiary or whatever the company that was uh blockbuster she clearly doesn't um, know what she's talking about any conversations with the sec about uh how to proceed well um i'm also happy to repeat that we have the first female treasury secretary and a team that's surrounding her and often questions about market we'll send to them but our team is of course okay okay so what did she say she said well i'm happy to report that we have the first female treasury secretary so what else do you need to know? Isn't that an amazing statement? What else do you need to know? The first female secretary of treasury. So we should all, we should all be happy about that, right? She's a woman. Women, I don't know why, I don't know why her gender is any way a factor in how she's going to handle this. Maybe, maybe they have an extra insight into the stock market. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe that was, a completely ridiculous, absurd, and embarrassing answer because it's really of no consequence which gender she is, only that the left cares about which gender she is. Who is the new secretary? It's Janet Yellen is the new treasurer. She's 74 years old and she's no stranger to shattering glass ceilings. She was the first woman to serve as Federal Reserve Chair, a role that she held from 2014 to 2018 as she was appointed by former President Barack Obama, she was confirmed to be Fed chair by a Senate vote of 56 to 26, and 18 abstaining. Before her time at the Fed, she served as the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors under former President Bill Clinton. Her appointment at Treasury makes her the first person to ever hold all three of the top economic posts in the federal government. Now, why is it, why are we, why should we be concerned? Well, get this. Over the course of last year and a half, 
Janet Yellen has received approximately $800,000. She received $157,000, 180000 in 2019 by a company called Citadel. And then she had a couple speeches in 2020 where they paid her 337000 then she had a speech from Goldman Sachs where they gave her 67000 And then City National Bank gave her 112000 It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money for her speaking engagements. I wonder, do you think that she's, the value of her speech is based on the content of her speech? Or is it the value that she has the access, is the value of her speech based on the access that she provides? She's been in the Federal Reserve for many, many years. Now, she's the treasurer. She's just an investment as far as they're concerned. She is just an investment. They don't, they don't, they're not paying her. They're not paying her because of her speeches. They're paying her because now they own a piece of her. So they own a piece of the treasurer. They own a piece of the treasurer. And, and they get to manipulate that. Now, how are they manip- how are they manipulating that? Well, that brings us to Robin Hood. See, Robin Hood, Robin Hood, is a, a an app that people were using to to trade, buy, and sell this um, GameStop and different the different. Uh, the different uh, companies, GameStop, the different co- the different companies. They were the they were the app, the primary app. Who is Robinhood? Well, I'm going to let Robinhood speak for themselves. This is an, this is a this is a, a um, an ad that Robinhood released only about a month ago, approximately, not that long ago. And they listen to hear how they described themselves. Remember when greed was good? When you had to look the part. When you had to pay for a seat at the table. We set out to change it. The way the system works. To put the power in everyone's hands. To make it feel, speak, sound, and look just like you. We all invest every day in ourselves, our communities, our future. We are all investors. (laughs) Exactly. We are all investors. We are all investors. That is the, that was the ad campaign from Robinhood. So you think that they're like they, they're, like their name, like their name sounds. They're advocating for the poor, right? That's the idea, the little guy. Well, get this. Robinhood halted buying on I think Thursday or Friday. Thursday, Thursday, halted buying. It was Thursday, halted buying. They they stopped the ability for people to buy the this stock. And what happens when you only have the ability to sell? Well, as we discussed with trading places, the moment you can only sell, it creates a even imaginary message. That something's wrong with this company. So that's going to drive the price down. Why would Robin Hood do that? Can we ask ourselves? Surely they're operating in the interests of everybody. Why would they do that? So 
It's an amazing thing. It turns out that Robinhood, just like Twitter, just like Facebook, just like all these companies, they have been collecting data. What do they do with that data? You might ask. Ah, what do they do with that data? They they sell that data. They sell that data to the hedge fund companies, to the different hedge fund hedge funds out there. Why do they do that? Well, the hedge fund owners, managers, they want to know the habits of ordinary buyers and sellers. That's worthwhile information for them, to them. So they're willing to pay for it. Now, what's interesting is, most interesting, I'd say, is that that could actually, that could actually pose a threat. It's a comment that, that Viva Fry made, but that, that could actually pose a great threat to this class action lawsuit. There was a class action, action lawsuit on Friday, uh, against, made against Robinhood. As, and they're arguing that as they're, as the customers of Robinhood, there was a breach. They were denied the ability to access their, the, 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 the ability to buy this app. And therefore they're, they have, they, they, they have losses because the, the price is going to go down. And who's that going to benefit? It's going to benefit, benefit the hedge funds. Well, there could be an argument made that really Robinhood is just operating on behalf of their customer. Who is their customer in reality? The hedge funds. How else are they able to offer 0% commission? That's their whole gimmick. They don't take a percentage like the other Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade. They don't take a percentage. So, so they are just doing it in interest of their clients. Their clients are not you and me. The clients are the hedge funds. Okay, so, so you know there are, there are a lot of different parallels we can draw here. Okay, the, the the social media companies. How are the social media companies acting? Well, I'll give you. How about this? Facebook removed a Reddit style community group, a, 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 a trading group. Why? The group was removed for violating our community standards. Unrelated to the ongoing stock frenzy. Huh. Amazing. When the left is losing, they shut you down. That includes what they're doing with speech, the market. It's all great for us to have access to these platforms. So long as we're not interfering with the people who actually run things. So long as we're not interfering with them, so sure. But the moment, the moment we start cost, costing them, <laughs> they have to do something about that. They have to call their buddy Janet, Janet Yellen and get her to put a, to, 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 to regulate something here. That's, that's what they're trying to lobby. They're trying to lobby for some sort of regulation. Regulation isn't going to harm them. Now, as is my curiosity, I went to go see how the how the different left wing sites were covering this. How are they covering this? What was their what was their 
um, what was their angle? Because to me, this is pretty black and white. This is happening in front of our very eyes. What exactly? What's their narrative? What is their, um, what are their talking points? It's an amazing thing. You know, they have them. So, so it's been fun to watch some of these things because, because some of these, 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 these talking heads are really at a loss for words. They really don't know what to say. They understand what's going on, but they're, they don't want to come out as blatantly, uh, against the people as they are. So they have to somehow change their words and they end up waffling, thumbfering. You know, they have nothing to say. But what do they do? What do they say? What do they say? What is this? What is going on? This is called, what they call is a pump and dump. Now, what's a pump and dump? A pump and dump, the idea of a pump and dump is where you, you, um, you make the price of the stock go up. However you do that by, you know, by, by, you do something to make the stock go up and then you dump it. Now that's an illegal practice, I believe. That's an illegal practice. But, this is what's called projection. How do they know about this? Isn't it that they themselves do? Let's take Bill Ackman, the billionaire. Bill Ackman spent five years. They do this on a constant basis. They will get on their, 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 their media outlets and they will talk down a company. They want to short sell it, right? They will talk down a company in order to 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 decrease the value of that stock. This isn't this isn't myth. They will literally talk down this company on all their platforms in order that the price should go down, and then they've they've accomplished their mission. They they can, they can then buy back this. They can then buy the stock and make the difference. So Bill Ackman has a hedge fund, Pershing Square Capital. See, he exited Herbalife. Herbalife. I personally don't think much of Herbalife, to be honest. I personally, the little I know about it, I think it's, a, I think it is a, somewhat of a scam. But it's not the point. He, he ended a f- epic five year, one billion dollar bet that its cr- stock price would crash to zero. He didn't just bet against it, he actively tried. Ackman told CNBC Wednesday that he had dumped Herbalife, a company from 2019, he had dumped Herbalife, a company he once slammed as a crooked pyramid scheme. The nutritional supplement maker's stock soared 6.3% to 92.10 cents a share on the news, a monster volume of 6.38 million shares. Average daily trading is about 1 million. The activist investor launched his crusade against Herbalife in 2012 when he placed a massive bet against it. At the time, Herbalife's stock plunged 20% in three days before eventually rebounding. Ackman had expected the stock to tank further over time, enabling him to make a windfall through a short tail, short sale. Here's where it gets interesting. But the strategy backfired after his nemesis. There's a 30-year difference between the two of them. Billionaire Carl Icahn took the opposition, opposite position against Ackman, eventually building up his stake in Herbalife to 26%. In November 2017, Herbalife stock skyrocketed 51% for the, for the year, forcing Ackman to change his approach. He closed out his short position and converted it to a put position. Now, just three months later, Ackman's per- Pershing Square has dumped all the stock after realizing that sometimes you just have to cut your losses. 
Now, a little background here. Ackman got into an unforgettable smackdown over Herbalife with Carl Icahn on live TV. While Ackman was doing an interview with CNBC, Icahn called in to the show and blasted Ackman as a liar and a crybaby. Icahn complained to the CNBC host, I've had it with this guy. He's like the crybaby in the schoolyard. Ackman, whose net worth tops $1 billion, reported Carl, retorted, Carl, you think I want to invest with you? Icahn said, shot back, I wouldn't invest with you if you were the last man on earth. Icahn is worth $17 billion. Another point, Ackman remarked, this is not an honest guy, and this is not a guy who keeps his word. This is a guy who takes advantage of little people. Icahn spat back, I appreciate, Bill, that you called me a great investor. I thank you for that. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for you. Now, of course, Ackman is doing what? This guy takes advantage of little people. Oh, Ackman doesn't do that. Ackman doesn't do that. I, 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 Ackman doesn't do that. Oh, yeah. So, so this is this is this is something that that we have to understand exactly what's at play. What's at play is not so much the details of how the stocks work and how and how the short selling works you know what the what the what 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 exactly is going on behind the scenes what matters here are two things one is how the left had portrayed how hollywood had portrayed these people 30 years ago almost 40 years ago okay how these people were evil mean cruel and now how they are defending these people they have become these people janet yellen has taken almost a million dollars in the last two years for speaking engagements she's not beholden to them robin hood owes these hedge funds how much money have they spent on the information who are their real clients are they the people or are they the hedge funds? This is this is a this is a a very a very important a very important uh, uh, game that's a scenario is playing out right in front of our very eyes. The people are witnessing just how corrupt just how corrupt the establishment is. And that's the point. That's the point. It shows us, as I've said a number of times now, if the only thing that came out of the president's first term, aside from all of his accomplishments, was just that we see blatantly in front of us how crooked government is, how it doesn't act in the interest of the people, how the much control the administrative state has, how corrupt the deep state is, how much they're willing to can do to can their conniving scheme to keep power for themselves. Now there is a ray of of of, of hope, and it comes from a you know it's a strange bedfellows, AOC, the uh, ignorant congresswoman from Queens actually has said that she wants to, as a member of the federal, uh, she's on the, um, 
She's on the Congressional um, Financial Committee or whatever it is. And so she has said that she wants to uh, bring this issue up. She wants to bring this issue up. And Don Jr. and Ted Cruz both retweeted her tweet, which, of course, she didn't appreciate. Ted Cruz apparently tried to have her killed. You know, the classic um, hyperbole of of AOC. But nonetheless, you have Ted Cruz and AOC and Don Jr. who are both, who are all, who are all in agreement, in agreement. This issue has to be addressed. What these hedge funds get to do. What these hedge funds get to do. And I, and, and I, and I say this, you get to see exactly what people feel. Exactly, exactly the, 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 the position people take, the different pundits out there. If you listen to anybody else, you see the different pundits out there and exactly what their attitude is to this issue will tell you how much they see the government as a threat. How much they see the government as a threat. When you hear, when you hear pundits out there who say, yeah, the president, uh, tried to, the president tried to, uh, you know, argue against the, against the, uh, against the fraud and uh, he put together a team and they spent months and nothing, you saw that the, that the, that nothing happened from it. So that's it, right? That's it. Clearly the, clearly the, the judges and the, the, the courts, they all, they're all in the, in, they all have the interest of the, of the people at heart. They all have the interest of truth at heart. And so when you hear these these people like Ben Sass, Senator Ben Sass, you know, or, or who 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 put on an intellectual front as to how as to how Donald Trump deserves to be impeached, you get to see exactly exactly their true faces, exactly who they really are. If you hear somebody defending regulation because the little guy was able to take advantage of the, of the big cat. Where again, everything fair, everything fair, neither side potentially should get to do this. Maybe. Maybe it's a good thing for the market. That's a legitimate question to be had. And like I say, if you want to have a legitimate question, let's find articles from two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, where they weren't political, where it wasn't the hedge funds. Let's take every single argument that they made in favor of shorting. And let's use it and uh, against them now as they sh- as they change their tune. When you see the intellectual dishonesty, when you see th- when you see exactly who they really are interested in succeeding, it's not it's not the little guy. They want the little guy to suffer. They don't mind the little guy makes a little bit of money here and there, but not at the expense of the billionaires. No, no, no. That can't happen. And then all of the establishment will have to rally in order to be able together in order to be able to stop the little guy from being able to harm the big guy. That's the reality. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Now, this is, um, this is, this has created a lot of memes. 
because the reality is is that is that the people have a sense of humor. That's the truth. The people have a sense of humor. Humor. And and I want to just end off with a little cute little a cute little shanty, which is a, a boisterous sailor song. It's a boisterous sailor song. I want to play this because this is like this was a great a great little thing. This is a great little thing. And uh, we're gonna finish off with this. Okay, it's a cute. This is a cute thing. There once was a stock that put to sea. The name of the stock was. There once was a stock that put to sea. The name of the stock was GME. The price blew up and the short stepped down. Hold my bully boys, hold. <gasps> Soon may the tendy man come to send a rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. She had not been two weeks from shore when Ryan Cohen joined the board. The captain called all hands and swore he'd take his shares and hold. <gasps> Soon may the tendy man come to send our rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. Before the news had hit the market, Wall Street bets came up and bought it. With diamond hands, they knew they'd profit if they could only hold. Soon may the tendy man come to send our rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. No deals were cut, no shorts were squeezed The captain's mind was not on greed But he belonged to the artist's creed He took the risk to hold <gasps> Soon may the tenny man come To send our rocket into the sun One day when the trading is done We'll take our gains and go For forty days or even more The stock went up then down once more All gains were lost, it was looking poor But still those traders did hold Soon may the tendy man come to send our rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. As far as I've heard, the fight's still on. The short's not squeezed and, and the, the gain's not won. The tenny man makes his regular call to encourage the captain, crew, and all. Soon may the tenny man come to send our rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. Soon may the tenny man come to send our rocket into the sun. One day when the trading is done, we'll take our gains and go. Okay, that's been our show. I hope you, uh, I hope that you realize what exactly is happening here. It's not, it's not like it's always being portrayed. This is not an issue just of the stock market. This is an issue where the people are witnessing just how little power they have and how and what they're going to do about it. That's the question. What are they going to do about it? That has been our show. We hope you have a great day, and we look forward, please, to being with you again tomorrow morning. I'm Ellie Shapiro. Bye for now.